It's the best day of the year. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another fantastical episode of Requiem for a Tuesday. I am a customer service resident bad boy, Adam Pecora. I'll be your guide this evening. Okay. Uh, insane amount to talk about today. I am going to lead, of course, of course, with uh, last week's Parks and Rec special. Uh, now, I thought about jumping on the next day and just like, we got to get like the instant reaction podcast. And that would have been a whole lot of fawning and fanning and me freaking out. Uh, and that would have been cool. It would have been cool, but I would have had to kind of force it. I've kind of realized that uh, in this cutene, as I call it, you know, like to little get a get a little Canadian with it. Um, <laughs> I've realized that I can't be doing two or three a week as much as I want to. It's like how how much am I going to have to go into archives and just be straight up? You know, oh, I watched this DVD. You know, it's like you can you can only do that every so often. So it's it's got to stay a little bit organic. You know, I can't be forcing forcing my jimmies to rustle. You know, my jimmies got to be rustled. You know, I I can't I can't make that happen. Uh, but okay, there's so much to unpack on this episode because I will just first and foremost start off with it. Uh, it's everything that fans and America as a whole needed in the current state of everything that's going on. So, uh, there won't be much negative talk. I mean, uh, there's probably a couple of critiques I could throw in here and there, but I mean, uh, especially given the circumstances, kind of like I was saying with the NFL draft, it's like, uh, could you really fault them? Now this one's a little bit different because like they didn't have to do this. Right. And I guess like they didn't have to have the NFL draft, but they would have eventually had to have it. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have to have it now, I guess. But uh, this show completely did not have to happen. Right. Uh, It's I mean, it makes sense. You know, everybody's home and whatnot. And uh, I feel like this show almost more than any other like recent show, probably other than The Office. I mean, as much as it pains me to say it is more popular. Uh, significantly so, uh, unjustifiably so, you know, but, uh, we're not going to get into that right now. Uh, but I mean, like it's been clamoring, like everybody wants a reunion, especially given like the stock that has risen for each individual star, as well as like the show itself. I think like it has just aged incredibly well, other than like the Joe Biden rep, you know, I was rewatching some episodes leading up to the special and I was like, Jesus, they really, uh, Swung and missed with this guy, you know, but we didn't know. You know what I mean? It was a simpler time. I feel like uh, if you watch that show and you see the Biden thing, right? Uh, shouldn't you be like, oh, this show's canceled, right? Isn't that how everything works now? Like, if in the past you thought something different than right now, you're in trouble? Oh, no. That only works for things we decide we don't want to like. That's right. Because I know y'all are still watching that 70s show, but you're canceling other people. Just saying. It doesn't add up. You know what I mean? You can't pick and choose. You're on one side or the other. I choose to be on the rational side. Uh, you can decide what that is because I don't want to get yelled at by some angry teenager or whatever. Anyway, we got to get back on track here, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, so, I mean, so, like, basically the whole episode was formed around Grizzle Chat, which I really respect, that uh, they kept everything in context of the show. I mean, I'm super glad they did a scripted. Like, everybody was freaking out about that Friends reunion quote. Put that in quotes. Reunion, my asshole. It's, yeah, it's a reunion for those six people. Like, they don't see each other or, like, hang out sometimes. And if they don't, it's because they don't want to. But, you know, those people have millions and millions of dollars. They can do anything they want at all times. So, like, if they wanted to hang out, they would. You know what I mean? Like, nobody, they don't give a fuck about the show anymore, and neither should we. I mean, it, it, retroactively, it wasn't that good. I loved it as a child. I loved it as a child. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, when you watch it now, like, just the progressive worsening of it, you know, they just, like, completely abandoned everything every character represents and just, like, they divulge into parodies of themselves throughout the series. And it just got it just got so out of hand. You know what I mean? By the end of the show, they're not even recognizable to who they were. And there was no growth that, like, could have forced the changes that did happen. You know what I mean? It, like, wasn't that they matured. They almost immatured. Not that they ever were to begin with. Back to Parks and Rec. You know, this N- NBC's just got me jived up. There's a whole lot of NBC going on. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, they they could have just done like the six of them talk about the show, which they done before. Uh, they did like the ten year reunion of when it started or whatever, and that was cool. I don't know. I never really think a panel interview is ever good because what are you gonna get out of, you know, in Parks and Rec's case, more than six people, you know. Uh, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad they did it the way they did it. I'm glad they got the whole writer thing together. They must have started this like the second, <laughs> the closers. Like, the pandemic closures happened. Uh, because, like, it was well-written, well-thought-out, well-made. Like, every, everything that was done with it, it's like, it doesn't seem like they spent the week leading up on the production. Uh, now, maybe that's the case. Maybe it wasn't that hard. Uh, but it definitely stayed within the tone of, like, everything. And what what's cool about Parks and Rec is that, given the way that they ended it, like, with all the grizzle tech, and it's, like, slightly in, like, the future and whatever, uh, was that this could have been a way to do the reunion anyway. Just because, you know, all the characters are set up across the country at this point because of, you know, it was all show production stuff that led to that, pretty much. But uh, it worked out for this sense. Uh, so, yeah, like, they could have done this anyway. Like, if they really wanted to do a reunion but couldn't get everybody together... I could have seen them doing this as a thing anyway. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, let's say if Community finally... Well, I guess the movie couldn't be like this. But let's say Community had a reunion. Now, like, now. Th- that th- This would be the only way to do it at, at any time. Because there's no way you're getting even just Donald Glover free. You know what I mean? Which is unfortunate. We're not going to go into that either. NBC. NBC. You know? They, it, it all leads back to NBC. You know, are we checking them for the vaccine? They might just have it, frankly, if they have every show I'm ever going to talk about in this episode, right? Uh, But yeah, and I also like that they kept it in the context, right? Because the show ended in what, like 2015? Jesus, time flies when you're not watching Parks and Rec. Uh, And the, but the last season was set three years later so the last season might have been 2014 when it started but anyway it was set in 2017 right so even though it was five years ago it was really only three years ago or whatever or two years ago whatever the thing was 
and they kept that context. So like the 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 special was set in the present, 2020. So it's like in between. And since the show ended with like their whole futures, you could kind of pinpoint where everybody was at, since you knew like the next 20 years everybody's life. So it did kind of work out where everybody was in their correct position, which, moi, you know, bravo. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I I was worried about that going in that they would might like disregard, um, some of the canon. Glad that they didn't. Um, again, would have liked to see a Mark Brandanowitz reappearance. Don't like the guy. I'll clarify that again. Didn't like the character. He didn't make any sense. Uh, they wanted like a Jim, I guess. But uh, you know, bring him back. Let's acknowledge it. You know what I mean. Because they tried so hard in that second season to do so many things. I mean, Leslie dates Justin Theroux, and then Louis C.K., and then this guy, and then he's dating Anne. It's like so much shit happens in the second season. They just couldn't get everything right, you know? Um, but yeah, if you if you break it down, like... Uh, so Paul Rudd at the beginning was fantastic. Good old Bobby Newport refresher. Um, I didn't like that he, like, broke and, like, talked that it was a Parks and Rec special. Uh, but I guess we technically still don't know why they've been filming the whole time. You know, has it just been a reality series about a tiny government agency? Who knows? Like, what is the context of the thing? So did the show now come out? and Or has it been coming out season by season? And it's been called, you know what I mean? Like, in the context. So I guess he could reference it as Parks and Rec if it became a real show within the universe of the series, uh, but that's a whole thing you have to dive down that wasn't talked about at all. So I just don't like that he broke universe and mentioned it as Parks and Rec, but I get it. It was an intro, and it was nice of Paul Rudd to do so, you know? Uh, I feel like he was too big to be on the show when he was on the show, but, uh, I mean, glad he was. He was phenomenal. Gotta love Bobby. Bobby Newport is coming for you, Okay. Um, but most importantly, frankly, like, uh, I was on the edge of my seat. My heart was pounding. Okay. The anxiety flooded head to toe. I was completely out of it. Right. The second I saw Adam Scott come on screen with the claymation doll, cause I'm like, dude, if you just say Requiem for a Tuesday on this episode, I'm going to have a heart attack. Right. In my head, I'm like, boom, boom. I'm going straight to the top. You know, <laughs> Requiem for Tuesday is making a comeback on Parks and Rec. Boom. What are the odds? You know, 2020, we made it, right? But no, he didn't say it. And he kept showing the doll and, like, kept referencing it. And I was like, fuck yeah. I mean, it's cool as fuck just that it was brought up in there. But, man, I was hoping he said it. I was like, bro, I got to get a download of this episode. I got to get a screen cap. I got to start. You know what I mean? I was ready. I had the marketing wheels turning, Okay. Uh, and I'm glad that Cones of Dunshire is still being talked about, too. Uh, still waiting for it to be available for purchase, because I absolutely would dive on that. Uh, it would likely cost probably $250, just just on the um, sheer amount of like material goods that go with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was super awesome that uh, he was even like referencing it, and the fact that it was back like right away. And they're like, yeah, of course that's what he would be doing in quarantine. Because those are the two things he did when he didn't have a job before. So, um, I mean, you know, it, it's completely locked in with the character. Totally loved it. And the thing, too, is, like, uh, I would say my biggest critique of the ending of Parks and Rec, like, the last two seasons. I mean, really just the last season, though. Is, um, 
like all of the emotional conversations just kind of got forced and I get it because like everybody was leaving so they kind of did have to force it you know what I mean like if you were a person who wanted to say something to somebody I just wouldn't you know I'd probably shoot a text after I moved or something um because I can't look people in the eye and like say real things usually you know that's a whole nother conversation uh, <laughs> uh just kidding you know I'm totally available emotionally hit me up you know uh but yeah it, they it definitely felt a little forced like uh you know like the ron and april thing with like the tree and the key and it's like this plot i don't know every time i watch that episode i'm like none of this really adds up you know what i mean it's like you guys are trying to go for a whole thing but it, it just didn't work for me uh yeah that just felt really forced and yeah you know the april donna thing that that wasn't right i don't know everybody was just like crying to everybody and like giving these long speeches um again fit the context of what was going on in the plot but uh didn't really do it for me didn't buy it and that kind of happened in this episode now again it's pandemic everybody's spread out across the country it would make sense again you know especially given the nature of everybody and who they are it made sense in season seven. I just didn't like it. It made sense in this episode. I, I just didn't like it. I'm not about the hokey shit. You know what I mean? I don't want I don't want it. You know, you keep your good nature, I love you shit at the door. That's just my opinion. Uh it came with the territory. I'm not like fuck this show because of it. Uh absolutely love the show. It just makes me uncomfortable. It just doesn't feel natural to me. I don't know. You know, maybe that's the emptiness speaking. Uh you know, I don't know. I don't know what the void... The void does what the void wants. It thinks and speaks for itself. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the vessel, okay? I can't communicate every little idiosyncratic malfunction going on, all right? I don't know if those words are appropriately used in that context, but it doesn't really matter because you get the gist, okay? Um, and I, I, anyway, I also thought that... Uh, all of the explanations for why people were in different things were pretty good, you know, like Ben in Washington, that makes sense. Uh, Andy locked in the thing, like, that's funny, but, I mean, what excuse could they come up with for them? So, I mean, you know, good job on trying, and it, it also does fit the character. I mean, that was going to be the toughest challenge, um, for sure, you know, but, I mean, good enough, you know, it doesn't really matter, um, and I love that Tom was doing, like, the backdrop. That really made sense. Uh, and went back into nursing. How convenient, right? Like, that, it just worked out flawlessly and also makes sense. Um, so, yeah, I'm just totally on board. Uh, I like that they threw the Tammy 2 in there. You know, Ron and Swanson, Megan Mullally. Or, Jesus, Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally. Uh, happily married couple. So that, that applied very well there and you know like the storyline didn't really make there they call each other every day sure you know whatever the excuses this could have just been one call right like they could have just done the one call and then intercut it with whatever you know i don't really care what what excuse they had for calling each other of course they're going to call each other and uh from what i read all of them did all their lines individually i think uh, I could be wrong. I didn't read that much into it, to be honest. So that was terrible reporting right off the bat. And uh, if I'm wrong, I backtrack. If I'm not, I'm going to double down right here. 
I mean, can you just imagine that? Like doing, just reading your lines solo to a camera, like not even to just like uh, like some some lady chilling. You know, I just need somebody to listen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was totally flawless. Like the editing was great, and they um, did a lot with the whole grizzle chat thing that made it go incredibly smoothly i also uh i mean i really love the fact that they like jumped on calamezzo and purge show um especially because like that's how shows are working anyway so like this it, it all just made so much sense and i think that that's why it was so good it's that like they didn't really have to try that hard um to make it a reunion like it was so effortless and i think that that's always the best case scenario like the reason why the Seinfeld reunion within Curb Your Enthusiasm, like, it was flawless. It worked incredibly well. It was, I would say, the greatest television reunion of all time. Uh, and they, well, they did it in the coolest way possible by doing it within another show. And then, like, again, within Comedian in the Cards Getting Coffee. But we're not going to get into Seinfeld. NBC. NBC. Home to probably all of the greatest network television comedies of all time. On an incredible streak right now in this podcast. Just absolutely knocking it out of the park. Okay? I don't know why I'm hitting that MK tip this morning. Maybe I... Maybe South Park started playing while I was asleep and just got looped into my brain. I really have no idea. But we're going to get back to the show. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, uh, watching Purd, always great. Always been a big Purd happily guy. It's, I mean, th- what more is there to say? If you, if you don't already, if you know, you know. You know. Trapdoor's supposed to be awkward. Uh, and Joan was a delightful mess, as always. You know. And, and, you know, it was good to tap in with, like, the side characters. They definitely were an important factor. Glad Jean Ralphio popped up. Uh, I'm glad, I mean, it could have it would have been cool if, like, Tom called him, I guess. Would have been better to see them, like, interact. Um... But I assume that there's a reason why that didn't happen. You know, we'll just chalk that up to, uh, you know, them not being able to or not wanting to. Maybe a little controversy, they still think, because of Aziz. Hope not. I hope not. That's all I'm going to say. Hope that that didn't play a factor into what happened. Uh, Didn't care for the jam thing. Uh, I feel like that was pretty over the top. You know, like, it was just too much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about it, you know. I just think, like, the bit was too dumb of an idea to even, like, be worthy of putting in the thing. And I get it, like, he's an idiot. But it, it still, it, it was just too dumb for me. That I, I don't know. But, you know, he was impeccable like as being in character you know what i mean like that was definitely jeremy jam no doubt about it uh so nothing to the actor but uh yeah didn't didn't care for that slight little segment that's probably my least favorite part of the whole episode and uh it's still like it wasn't terrible it was like okay he's back cool you know uh they definitely got all the right people in um yeah i feel like i'm missing a part uh but let's just talk about the ending fuck it uh, the group sing of Lil Sebastian. Now, uh, I was drinking, like, leading up. We were getting a little sloppy, 
Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Okay, this is important information. So, we gotta have all the details, all the facts laid out on the table. Uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna take any of this to court, right? Now, my memory eludes me, uh, as one as it would if uh, you drank one for one Hennessy hypnotic mixes like you're in high school. Well, that's what I did, okay? And it was delicious, and I would do it again. Uh, I would recommend adding Sprite. Just saying, if you feel like trying it, it's pretty good. Uh, (laughs) So I was uh, shock and awe, ear to ear, the whole episode through. I was giddy like a schoolgirl. What more can you say? And then that song came on, and let me tell you. These these big old green eyes welled up with fat wads of water, just waiting for gravity to suck them down onto the ground, because the level of emotion that coursed through my veins <laughs> as five thousand candles in the wind began to play. Uh you know, there's nothing quite like it. It was a quarantine miracle, you know. Uh, for us to all join in and chat together. You know. We missed the show in the saddest fashion. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful moment. Now, um, so yeah, I mean, just bravo. You know, if we're going to do on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, with context, 9.1. Okay? Okay. Always room for improvement, pretty much. Uh, unless we're talking, like, Breaking Bad finale. You know, that's about it. Off the top of my head, anyway, actually, I won't even... I, I, I don't commit to that statement. But, you know, very hard to do any single episode as a 10 out of 10, especially when there is an expectation behind it, like it has any type of significance. Like if it's like episode four in the middle of a season, you can probably get a 10 out of 10 out of that, again, within its context. Uh, Without of context, like just as a Parks and Rec episode, you know, middle of the pack, right? Like, I mean, let's just be honest, but that's not a scale that's even appropriate for this situation. So, uh, again, you know, don't yell at me. Leave me alone. Um, something that I've always, or not always, but something that I kind of talked myself into happening that I kind of wanted to happen, which, uh, I don't know how it would have for this, but I wish that there was some way they could have tied in the good place and, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I wish that it would have been revealed that it all takes place in the Michael Scherniverse, because... That would be sick. I mean, I I mean to be honest, I wish that Rashida Jones just would have had her character from The Office's name when Parks and Rec started, and I wish that, um, you know, and then like any overlap to The Good Place or Brooklyn Nine Nine, you know, somehow they would have been revealed that they're all connected or something like that. You know, that just would have been sick. Doesn't have to be a thing. Obviously, can't be at this point with uh, the names anyway. But yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to know whether or not they all actually exist in the same universe. I would appreciate if that were true. Uh, it doesn't take away from anything. That was just something I kind of wished 
that they would knock out in the special. Uh, but I think Parks and Rec proved over anything that uh, they definitely still have it. You know what I mean? Like, all the chemistry was still there, even though they weren't even fucking talking to each other, which is insane. Um, yeah, honestly, I wish they would have just done a whole... They, I wish they did a whole corn season of it, frankly. Fucking awesome. I could watch them do that every week. Give me 13 episodes. Doesn't have to be... You don't got to go 22, 26. You know, we don't got to get that insane. Give me 10, you know. Co-production with Netflix or something. Make it blow the fuck up out of nowhere. Get revitalized interest in the show. It's just like in Parks and Rec itself, when they wanted to revitalize the Parks Department budget and did a retro thing. Duh. It's like you can get him to the Greek <laughs> when, you know, promote the back catalog to sell the new and vice versa. Boom. Sounds like a plan to me. Pay them. Pay them. Give them millions. Let's do it. Because the writers clearly still are on par with everything that they did throughout the series. You know, they all got together and fucking crushed it or whatever, however they did it, you know. And everybody just did a great job with the whole production because, like, everybody's in their house. But it may, it all just made so much sense. Again, I'm just in awe. I, I can't talk about it enough. I mean, that's why almost a full episode is being dedicated to this. I'm spending longer than the episode exists just talking about the episode. Monumental event for the quarantine, you know. That's going to that's gonna be a thing forever. What if, ooh, fun thought just came into this brain. What if going forward there becomes like a quarantine day and, uh, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown Easter, quarantine Charlie Brown. You know, <laughs> that's basically what I'm getting at. What if we eventually have a day where we just sit and watch all the quarantine specials? That would be fun, kinda. You know, <laughs> if you don't think about it too much, it's it's pretty chill. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? It's hard to keep track. Sometimes I literally have to pause the recording and like, <laughs> like go back and check. So I can be like, oh fuck, really divulged from the point that time. You know, luckily, that's not the case right now. Uh, because yeah, I think that they could bring it back. I think like you're bringing back. You know, they're bringing back all the, like, 90s shows, Mad About You and fucking whatever, Will and Grace, all that bullshit. Looking at you, NBC. I mean, Cheers probably coming back next. Was Frasier also on NBC, or did that spin off to another network? Because that's just coming back, too, I think. Fucking NBC, bro. Everywhere. Uh, but, yeah, they, 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 they could do another season. You know, I get that everyone is just, like, beyond famous to do it. You know, and th that that's a bummer. That's the worst thing about a great ensemble cast is, like, Everybody realizes how great they are, and it's, like, destined to be a disaster. Um, but luckily for this show, like, it never, it, it went out on top. Like, I think everybody blew up at the right time. Because I think, uh, like, had they had to do eight or nine seasons with everybody, like, still on their same level, uh, I think it would have just had to dwindle just by how stretched thin everybody would have been at the time. I think it would have just got broader, and it kind of did. I mean, the stakes weren't really there in season seven at all. Like, you kind of knew they were going to pull through. And it was just, like, hanging out the whole time. And I'm fine with that. Uh, season seven just didn't have any of the any of the struggle anymore, which is cool. Like, they finally made it, you know. It's great for the characters, but the, the plot did take a bit of a hit as a result. Nothing, again, nothing significant. There could not be a more pro-Parks and Rec institution on digital vocal media.
I'm just telling it like it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm here for, you know. I'm the voice of the people. Now, who are those people? I still have yet to determine. But, you know, got to be speaking for somebody up here. Probably just, uh, you know, the crazy guy I talk to in bed. In my in my head. You get it. I didn't need to say that extra part. I'm, uh, You know, I, I sometimes I'm guilty of that myself. I don't like being spoon-fed my shit. And sometimes I'm out here fucking like, here comes the airplane. You know. Uh, but yeah, if there were a way to do another season, I think that it would be incredibly successful. Like, I don't think... Uh, I mean, it just has to be brought up with it. I don't think The Office could do it. I think, well, The Good Place just ended. That could definitely keep going if we're talking just sure shows. But I mean, I, I don't know any show that could come back and just do another season like nothing happened other than Parks and Rec. As, as just like, as comfortable as I would be with it. You know what I mean? Like... Because they all loved it. They all had a... Like, you know what I mean? At least publicly, that's what everybody says. So it's like... It would just be so much fun for everyone involved that that's usually a good sign, you know, that it would be, like, in a good experience. <laughs> that that usually is uh, a sign of a positive uh, result. That was hard to come up with. Embarrassingly so... Uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's just, you know, it would just be great to see. I, 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 yeah, I just want more. I just want more, you know, they, they should do a season of it like this because it makes the most sense like this too. We already know their entire futures, you know, the, the season seven ending, they, they made it really a final ending, but they left enough open gaps that, I mean, they could. Like, you know, whatever the timeline ends up in the show, let's say it's like 2080 from now until 2080, they can keep popping these little reunions and in between, you know, just as long as they all they have to do is watch episode the last episode before going into the writing room for whatever they want to do and just be like, OK, we're going to go to year whatever. Let's say we're in year 2046 and uh, just follow the timelines of each character in the show pinpoint where they'd be in 2046 and boom you're good to go and then just treat everything else like nothing happened they're just chatting you know because i do think now with all this like at home content you know like everybody producing their shows from their home it's like at at what point is that going to become normal like when we go back they're going to be like oh well, why are we having all these sets and all this expensive shit when some shows just work from home I mean, like, I've personally never understood talk show sets because they're just massive, right? And it's just for, like, a desk and two... I don't get why it's a desk. You know what I mean? Like, none of that format has ever made any sense to me. Uh, just the appearance of it is weird. Like, when are when is somebody ever sitting at a desk and you're sitting next to them? It's just like... I don't know. Like, I get that it makes sense for TV. It's just weird. And then the thing is just giant and, like, the full band. It's just so extravagant. And just for such a minuscule thing. It's just two people chatting. And the conversations are fake. So it's like the whole production of this is a production. Like, it's just a sham. I don't know. It's always been my always been my thing about late night. Um, and now that it's from home, like, I've watched some of the interviews. They kind of suck. Because you realize uh, some of these people aren't fucking interesting at all. You know? <laughs> and, like, the interviews sometimes aren't that good at interviewing either. You know? When it's not fake anymore. You kind of realize that, uh, you know, 
Maybe like Rogan and Marin are the best interviewers there is. <laughs> and probably not just the guy who has 10 writers come up with his not funny jokes. And yeah, I don't know. Not a big late night guy. Especially now that we're seeping through all the cracks. But yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? Like why, why would you go back to spending millions of dollars when you could probably just do it with Zoom for, you know, the $10 membership or whatever it fucking costs? That's right. I'm talking about Zoom like I knew about it the whole time now because I've used it. You know, you know, me and Lenny were chatting through Zoom. Shout out to Lenny once again. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm fucking hip now. Uh, if you don't have Zoom, you're an idiot. And if you haven't heard of it, then uh, too bad. Okay, get with the times, bro. Uh, but yeah, it, it will be interesting to see how the future of basically all, especially network television uh comes out of this because like once you can resume production on certain things maybe they just realize oh we don't really have to bro you know or it's like if the set was one size like obviously some dudes won't want to be making a show from their house right and let's be like oh fuck you you know but you can rent a much smaller space and blah 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 and like maybe we just won't have audience for things we had audiences for before and who knows you know it's going to be a very interesting landscape to navigate. There's going to, I think that there's going to be a lot of subtle but significant changes in the content we consume going forward. Whew. I Let me tell you, I was so excited to get into the Parks and Rec material that I was like, fuck the regular intro bump I've been doing with all the plugs and shit. And let's just dive right in. You know, let's give the people what they want. You know, on Wreck for a 2, how could you not, you know? Had a great Cinco de Cuatro yesterday. I was thinking about, oh, man, tomorrow morning I'm going to hop up on this lovely, dreary Cinco de Mayo. Man, the weather just missed it, let me tell you, before I go into what I was just going to go into. Okay, boy, it was like fucking 70 degrees Saturday, Sunday. Here we are Monday, Tuesday, hashtag I feel like Tuesday, fucking gray and rainy. Can't enjoy my Cinco de Mayo, you know? Let me go in the alley, put a foot up on the garage, you know, drink a Modelo, yell at a dog, let me do my thing, Mother Nature, but no, you know? Tuesday never gets the break. It's just how it's got to be. But, you know, happy Cinco de Mayo, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to it live, which I hope you are, uh, because that's what I was going to plug. Please rate, review, subscribe, always. Tell your friends, you know, let's blow this thing up. Let me become uh, the quarantine's Jeremy Lin, you know? Remember Lin Sanity? It was nuts, right? Let's get me viral, ladies and gentlemen. Not viral. Not a good word. One, because of the virus. Uh, Two, I don't want to be like a sensation. I'm lasting, bro. Okay? I'm Parks and Rec. I'm not. I'm not. All of that was extreme and ego, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, But no. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh... Follow me on Instagram, adam.rfat. And, yeah, got a link to the music, uh, solo and band, uh, as well as the pod. 
give me a follow. Uh, yeah, pretty much it. Uh, but yeah, let's get this thing fucking popping off, bro. I got nothing else going on. You know what I mean? Uh, dropped an acid house EP at the beginning of quarantine. Uh, I wrote a little EP, uh, pretty, pretty quick on. I was like, all right, let's dive in. Now's the time. And then it just kind of came to me pretty quick because I had written anything in a long time. And I was like, all right, well, let's put it out. And now here we are still quarantining and uh, not many people checked it out. But that's fine, you know, because uh, that's what that's what the pod's for. We glowing, bro. We glowing up. Anyway, so please do all that stuff. Rescue, blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Uh, as I mentioned there is uh, not a whole lot of content, right? <laughs> Hence my 30 minutes on a 22-minute show. But I would have done that anyway. Who the fuck am I kidding? You know, that's not a real excuse for why that just happened. I mean, that's just fangirling hard. Real talk. Uh, but as as I've been documenting, as others have as well, you know, the only thing going on right now is the MJ doc, and rightfully so. It's the fucking coolest shit ever to just watch Michael Jordan be awesome. And I, I liked how in the last episode they definitely um, highlighted that it's not great to be that, like to be Michael Jordan, to be the most famous and recognizable person on planet Earth. Like, that's the thing. Being, I feel like if I was, if you were famous in America... Like, pretty, like, real famous. Like, you could walk around anywhere. Like, a lot of other basketball players, basically. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron can't go anywhere. But, like, you know, Zach Levine could probably go to Europe. It won't be that big of a deal, you know. Kind of an offense to Zach Levine. You don't play any fucking defense, bro, and the Bulls suck. So, stop talking shit. You know? You're not good. Especially because... We know what it's like to have Michael Jordan. So, fuck off. But, like, you're really talented at the same time, you know. It's one of those weird things where it's like, man, if this guy, if somebody would, if the right situation just happened for this guy. Uh, who knows? You know, he's got new GMs. Everybody's like, oh, these are good moves. I, I, I have yet to remain, you know, yet, yet to believe any of that. I'll believe that the Bulls are on the right track when the Bulls are on the right track. Okay, because they fucking suck. Still mad that they broke up the Thibodeau team. That bench mob was unbelievable. That whole team was unbelievable. And, I mean, to, to only give them the one seed, uh, I'm not going to get into it. I did it already. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like imagine you can't go anywhere on the planet. I literally haven't gone to many places on the planet. Uh, but I know that when I get there, those people won't give a shit. <laughs> which uh, I guess would be a little frightening, sure, if you don't know the language. So I guess that's that's one benefit. But otherwise, like if you're getting fucking mobbed, you can't go anywhere. That kind of sounds miserable. Because, I mean, the dude was literally just laying in a hotel room. just like, this is it. They'll come get me when I got to go somewhere else, you know, and I'll be escorted to and from. Sounds rough, you know. Now being the greatest to ever do a thing probably worth it just you know just you know you gotta you gotta have your checks and balances right uh but yeah the, his relationship with the security guards was awesome uh the the best thing about the doc is 
I'm going to get back to the security guard thing in a second. The best thing about the doc is watching the human side. Because as I touched on a little, like the thing about Jordan is like he was a brand basically right away. I mean, he hit the, he took the league by fucking storm. He became instantly famous. The shoes were huge. The deals kept coming in. You know, they said on the doc they they wanted to sell three million by like eighty seven or something, like years into having the shoe, and they sold like two hundred and fifty million pairs or something. It's like the expectations like. Beyond blowing through the roof, it's like, imagine your house is 30 feet tall. I don't know how tall houses are, (laughs) clearly. But imagine your house is 10 feet, 30 feet, whatever the fuck tall. Not very tall because uh, you blew through the roof fucking 45,000 feet. You're higher than the planes you used to be in your house. Okay? (laughs) You know? Somebody that made sense to somebody somewhere. Uh, so yeah, like you know, and then it was like McDonald's, Coca Cola, boom, 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 and then like in every interview ever, like yeah, he'll he'll come. He eventually started doing like the clever comments, but like young Jordan, as a young guy should, you know, you got to earn your stripes. Everything was just polished, pure, boom, 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 basketball, basketball, basketball. Especially because back then athletes didn't have the platform to just be like, yo, fuck the government. <laughs> you know, back then it was like, bro, you're not gonna play, you you act stupid now i favor somewhere in the middle i think that uh probably too strict on the players back then the players didn't have enough power didn't get paid enough i mean within revenue streams was it fair maybe i mean michael jordan probably deserves a hundred million dollars a year <laughs> you know which is just not going to happen uh so there's nothing you can do about that but uh yeah, I mean, like, the fact that, like, you couldn't uh, complain a lot or, like, talk shit about your team or the media or, like, to the media, like, your team, players, whatever, uh, that was cool because there wasn't a lot of whining. It was more like, I'm going to fuck those guys up. Like, you had to, like, channel anger towards your opponent, one, tight, you know, makes for a better product. Um, and then, two... Uh, simply, I, I just don't want to listen to dudes whine about shit. You know, like, your life's fucking awesome, bro. You play basketball for a living. Like, it's pretty chill, you know? So quit whining about your little situation. Go play harder. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm not about that. But I am about, like, uh, these guys can kind of be like, bro, this dude's trying to, like, not sign Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Uh, fuck that, you know, and, uh, they couldn't have said or done anything back then. Like they just knew it was over and it's like ha. the fact that you would be willing to do that. I'm not going to get into that again, but yeah, like the fact that it, that it was even possible that the players couldn't have just been like, bro, like we want to play. And that would have instantly just met that they like meant that they would have been able to, you know, like if this, if it was now. You could just be like, yeah, I, they're, they're telling me I can't stay. I want to stay. The media would be like, oh, my God, that organization's terrible. Back then, it was like, just the way it goes. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you guys are just cool with this? Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but, wow, yeah. I mean, it was just awesome to watch. Like, watching him interact with, the, like, the security guards. I mean, the only people he could talk to consistently, like that and his teammates. You know what I mean? Who did he have around? You know, you can't make any new friends. I was thinking about that with Drake. 
it's like you look at his mansion and all that crazy shit and it's like that guy's life must be so empty <laughs> you know what i mean like honestly like i see that house i'm, I'm not like that's amazing it's like dude this isn't even a real place it's like how could you possibly even be happy <laughs> You have, like, 150-foot ceilings and, like, grand pianos and, like, all this marble and gold and, you know, probably fucking found a way to get California redwood up in there and shit. It's just like, dude, like, you don't have any friends. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, you don't have any real friends. Like, your life must be so shallow and unfulfilling. (laughs) And that's all that came to my mind. It's like, dude, you have gotten so famous that, like, what is there left for you? Like, (laughs) you know, anyway, at least Jordan had like the competitive edge, you know what I mean? Win titles, win titles, win titles. And he went three and he's like, I don't have anything left. You know, made sense. Made a lot of sense. He definitely hit a true peak of human existence. Not like his personal peak. Like he hit like human's peak of success. He has accomplished everything, you know, it's insane. Um, but yeah, watching those guys play that quarter game and that dude just like smoke him and flex him with the shrug and Jordan's like, man, that's bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? He's just like so upset to lose. And like, we know that like his competitive nature and he liked to gamble and stuff. But like the fact that he would bring it down and like, I guess you could look at it two ways. Like one, his gambling problem, problem, if you want to call it that. I just say like his competitive problem, because whether he has money on it or not, doesn't really fucking matter to me because one He's probably going to win. And two, if he doesn't, like, he's good for it. So, like, whatever. You know, like, I'm gambling every time I get a chimichanga, right? It's like, how's the morning going to be for me? (laughs) Right? Like, that's my gamble. Is it a gamble? It's like, no. You know, I can afford it. (laughs) I got plenty of toilet paper. I'm not worried about it. So I kind of look at it like that. Uh so I, I don't look at it as, like, he just needs to gamble. I think he's that competitive that he, like, needs to play everybody and everything at all times. Like, whenever there's a moment of silence, it's like, all right, let's play a game. You know, I think that that's kind of cool, one. And then, two, just the fact that he's willing to do it with those guys. Like, he's not, like, like he didn't view, I feel like, I mean, he definitely viewed himself as better than everyone because he was. I mean, at least in the context of basketball, you know. But I feel like as a guy, he was just like, if that person's chill, like, I'll be chill. Like, they're my security, so obviously they're not, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the one, like, that's a relationship where you can just be like, all right, like, we can talk like real people. I don't got to think that you're, like, in it for something because, like, I already pay you, you know? Fun, fun dynamic. <laughs> uh, but that dude was hard body as fuck. Uh for hitting the shrug on Jordan like that. But it was just cool. It's cool to see, like, the real human private side, like him joking with Bird and Magic and stuff. Just great times. Just great times. There's nothing... I've just learned that over time. I just love watching dudes hanging out, you know? (laughs) I feel like it's the reason why I got into podcasting and stuff, you know? Like, just enjoying it as a content viewer, consumer, you know? It's just fun to watch people chill. And, like, especially when it's, like, MJ, who you know has a sharp, witty personality. And, boy, he could just fucking roast everybody. It was awesome. Everything I watch him do, I don't, the thing said, like, it's going to make you not like him less was, like, a bunch of articles going in. I'm like, why, how, first of all, how could I like him less? And, uh, second of all, we all knew he was kind of a prick. And I'm kind of doing the thing I did before again, but 
just to reiterate, like, uh, I find this guy incredibly more likable. <laughs> like, I feel like uh, in real time, rest in peace, Kobe, bro, it, whew, when the Kobe footage came on, I was like, bro, tugging at my heartstrings right now. In the middle of the pandemic, you got to drop Kobe footage like that? Rough. Rough. Uh, but when that came in, like, it just made me realize, like, uh, yeah, I didn't like Kobe when he was younger because uh, he seemed like he was a prick. Right. But then Kobe got older and like, uh, I don't know, he just interviewed better. That was it. He was like out there cracking jokes like, you know, he became he just knew what mattered and what didn't and just like knew what situations to make light of and whatnot. And he just became like a true leader. It was alpha shit. It was like, yeah, we know that he's like being a dick to his teammates. But he then he comes out and he's like, bro, just got to do what it takes. You know what I mean? And then he'd be witty and smart. And it's just like, yeah, I fucking love this guy. And obviously he got all that. He got basically everything from Jordan, but I digress. It's the same type of thing. It's like I just fucking, I think it's just that level of respect. It's like, dude, you are just fucking perfect. I love you. You are you are intelligent and a capable man. <laughs> you inspire me every day. Uh, yeah. Uh, last note on the Jordan thing. Spent a little more time on this than I wanted to. Too bad if you don't like sports. You got to know what you're getting into if you're listening to this show, baby. I'm all over the map. You know what I mean? We can talk about wrestling. We could talk about movies, drugs, TV shows, the NFL, NBA. You know, I'm all over the place. What do you got? You got topics? I may have banter. What can I say? Uh, I just think uh, Isaiah Thomas, shut the fuck up. I'm sick of it, bro. Like, every single player, every time it comes up, acknowledges that they think he was a great player. Nobody's Nobody is out there saying that you sucked. He acts like everybody's saying he sucked. What he's complaining about is that nobody liked the Pistons because they were a bunch of assholes. It's true. Like, they won and they were great. Nobody denies that part. But they were pricks, so we don't talk about them. You know, in Detroit, you can rep that shit all day. But it's like, yeah, you got left off the dream team because nobody likes you. That's it. <laughs> and, like, that sounds shitty because, like, yeah, was he talented enough? Sure. But chemistry is more important. Like, sorry. They had plenty of talent as it was. So, yeah, you can keep whining about it. It's not really going to change anything. You know, everybody just fucking didn't like you. You could reverse that by just being a chill guy in interviews and just like be cool you know like i'm sure plenty of people in boston like hate magic johnson as a player not not necessarily in the same context because he was like beating on people you know not that isaiah thomas fucking was anyway dude's tiny uh but they hated him for just beating him right i'm sure but like how can you hate that guy he's a great guy if isaiah thomas was come out and like be fucking cool <laughs> be smart, be funny, say nice things. Just be like, yeah, bro, we fucking beat the shit out of people. I get it. I wouldn't I wouldn't like I wouldn't like me either. You know what I mean? Like if the Pistons played a if the Bulls played the Pistons like the Pistons played the Bulls, I think he'd get it. He'd be like, yeah, I don't want to fucking talk to those guys either. It's like, no, you guys tried to bully people, and then you got mad. That everybody was like, all right, you know, fuck you guys. You know, you won two titles. You were a great team. You were the in-between team. It's the the reason people don't talk about the Pistons is the same reason people don't talk about the Rockets. Now, the Rockets only made it because Jordan left. Presumably. I don't think they would have won eight in a row. But, you know, like, nobody talked about them either. Because who gives a fuck? It's in-between dynasties. 
Like, you're appropriately ranked as it is. People just don't like you because you're a prick. It's that simple. There's no conspiracy. There's no, like, inaccurate reporting. You're accurately reported. Everybody knows that the team existed. It knows that you got Hall of Famers. knows that you guys were good. It's also very well noted that you guys are fucking assholes. So that's it. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, Dennis Rodman didn't try to rep the Pistons forever, and that's why, well, I mean, (laughs) he has his whole own legacy for his whole own reason, period. But I feel like he doesn't get lumped with that team for that reason because he's not, like, holding on for dear life like the 72 Dolphins. But, like, at least the 72 Dolphins, like, technically accomplished something like that nobody has before. The Pistons act like they did something, like, so special. It's like, what you did was special. Uh, but what all these other teams did right before and after you was more special. So it's just not that important. Like, it's an unfortunate circumstance. You know what I mean? Like, if right now the Kansas City Chiefs went on a 20-year run and they won eight Super Bowls in 20 years, the Patriots' you know, 20-year run looks less good. Now, you know, it's the best run of all time, so, like, it would still be the second best run of all time, but no matter what, it won't get talked about the same because somebody did it better. When somebody does it better, that's just how it get. This is how it goes. Like, you get a little bit pushed down. I get it. It must break your heart that you win two in a row, and then the guy you've been stomping on wins three. Twice. <laughs> you know? Just the once would have been a killer. So I, I, I understand why you'd be upset, you know, Oh, you left me off the team. You know, but that's all you're saying now. It's like, yeah, you didn't get picked 30 years ago. Get over it. It's too late now. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like if you didn't get picked in sixth grade and you're still talking about it like to your wife. It's like, bro, it's it's over. (laughs) You know what I mean? You did fine, Isaiah. You're a terrible executive, but so is Michael Jordan. So feel good about that, that you're just as good as an executive as Michael Jordan. Put yourself on that pedestal. Although having me just said that, wow, that didn't make any sense. Having me just said that. Uh, do we technically now have executives better than Michael Jordan? I would say yes. Although fucking Garpax is technically better than that because Jordan is a terrible executive and owner, frankly. Well, I don't know because I, I don't know what I guess signifies a great owner. Technically... In my head, a great owner just means your team wins consistently and people are happy. I hope people are at least happy in Charlotte because they ain't winning. But, you know, what can you do? Who knows? You know, maybe maybe I'm just losing it. Maybe this is uh, this is the end. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I don't know. My hair was pretty greasy. I was about to take a shower yesterday and I was like, fuck it, bro. I'm shaving all this shit off. And uh, I successfully shaved off all the sides, right? You know, had a little clip on there. Nothing much. Real short. You know, real, like, almost army short, you know. Not not quite the the empty guy, but I had, I had the tiniest clip on there. I take the clip off to, uh, you know, clean up the neck and whatnot. Very difficult, by the way, the double mirror situation. So what ended up happening almost is a benefit because definitely, like, the lineup was whacking the back. And it's definitely not good at the top. Like, I shaved the sides and left the top. Definitely didn't do the back well. 
100% sure that it looks kind of dumb. Uh, but, uh, well, I, who knows? I can't fucking see the back of my head still. I'm still using that ghetto double mirror shit to try to gauge it. But, uh, yeah, went back to, like, run over the sides, make sure I didn't miss anything, realized, oh, I didn't put the clip back on. Boom. Instantly had to do the whole rest of the head clipless. Uh, so we are uh, pretty tight-skinned. You know, I got, like, the shortest hair humanly possible. And then the top's all bushy and flowy and shit. And, you know, the leverage is insane. I definitely, I think I went too too far up on the sides. I can see, like, my head curve in, which is kind of frightening. It's like I've never seen the top of my head in my entire life <laughs> like this. You know, it looks like I have a bird's nest sitting on my head. It's unfortunate. Uh, if the sides, if the sides don't come in, uh, a little bit quick, may just have to, may just have to thwart the whole operation and just, uh, cut the, cut the top, cut my losses. Uh, cause, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to get the right up at the, like getting, like just generally getting the sides of your head kind of, kind of a no problem thing. But uh, pretty hard to gauge your own hairline, and then it's like you accidentally go a little too far somewhere, and then next thing you know, you're trimming off a whole extra part, and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I look like uh, in those uh, cartoons, like when, like, a big bird would have a wig on, <laughs> or, like, I don't know if it was, like, bald eagles that, like, had a, had a hair or whatever. There's a significant thing that I'm speaking about, significant, a specific thing that I'm thinking of. That I cannot put my finger on. But, uh, yeah. Just old-timey birds. <laughs> old-timey bird cartoons with, with wigs. That's me. I look like uh, Captain Underpants, but not the captain. Like, snap your fingers and it's Mr. Krupp. I look like, I look like yeah, my head looks like Mr. Krupp's toupee. So, so that's fun. You know, quarantine's going well. <laughs> But it had to be done, you know what I mean? What, am I going to let this shit go forever? I, I don't like having to, like, wash my hair every day just because it got greasy because it's long. Right? <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be bad to wash your hair every day. That's what they say. <laughs> I also just don't want to. It's just a lot of effort. because like And, like, just greasy long hair and just gets all ratty. Oh, it's the worst, bro. It's the worst. It's so bad uh, that I've devoted now five minutes to talking about it. And uh, no shame in that. I say, whatever the fuck you want to do while you're cooped up with, with that with that little head of yours, that little head of hair you got on your head, ladies and gentlemen, feel liberated. You know? Now it's time to get creative. Chop your shit. Fuck it up. You know? All these stylists are saying, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. Do it. You know, they're the ones who are going to get paid when shit opens up because you fucked your shit up. You know what I mean? Try to tell me that I'm not going to go get this shit fixed <laughs> like ASAP once it happens. You know what I mean? So fuck it. You know, don't do a home call. Don't waste the coronavirus. Fuck your shit up yourself. <laughs> you know, as a, as any American would, you know, you fuck up your own shit and you have someone else fix it. That's what this country's all about. That's what we're doing right now. As a nation, on a full scale, you know? So you do that to you. You do you, boo-boo. Do you, boo-boo. But yeah, I mean, dye that shit, you know? You do go get, get a little weird with it. Shave just the top. Leave the sides. How about that? Go a little, uh, 
little bowling style. The cul-de-sac. It's a classic. Especially in my family. I'm so upset that I'm going to go bald. It, it really, it really is unfortunate. I mean, it's good. I have plenty of hats, you know, that I, I don't wear. I'm just too lazy, pretty much. I just never think, like, oh, let me grab a hat real quick. I don't know why. You know, used to want to work all the time. It was a good move for that. Pretty much because uh, my hair would be long and greasy and I hadn't showered because I uh, got drunk before work the night before. <laughs> you know, so it was pretty much just greasy hair covers. So, yeah. But uh, once this shit fades, bro, it's going to be rough. I just know it. Dad and grandpa, no good. Already thinning in the back, it seems like. It seems like I got years, you know? Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I'm not happy about it, as no one should be, you know? But, uh, yeah, we'll end on a grim note like that, as you can all think about the fate of your uh, gorgeous locks. They're going away for some. Those who are not. You know, fuck your shit up even more right now. <laughs> Get real crazy. Bleach that shit. Maybe you'll go bald later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. Didn't mean to do a rant about uh, fucking hair, but, you know. Whole, not a whole lot to report on right now, you know? Maybe I'll watch. I am in the process, I just want to say, of going through the Oceans trilogy. I have fallen asleep twice trying to watch Oceans 12. Uh, there are extraneous... Uh, is that the right word? No. No, it's not. There are extenuating. Did I just say that? I don't even know anymore. There are circumstances afoot uh, that keep causing me to fall asleep during it. It is not the movie itself. Uh, it's actually, you know, way better than I remember. Well, frankly, just upon reflection, I've realized that it's better than I remember. And then watching it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this definitely is better than I remember. Like, spot on. Boyo. Anyway, so, yeah, that'll probably be a big report coming up soon. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, that's that's all I got for you this week. You know, we kept it simple, you know, uh, with so much monumentous things happening with The Last Dance and Parks and Rec. In one week, it's like, bro, like, I... I what am I going to do, a four-hour show? <laughs> you know? Got to just give out little tastes, you know, little teener bags. Can't be handing out fucking kilos. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, please, 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 please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Trust me, it'll go a long way, like, for me as a guy. You know, and like for the show itself, which is basically the same thing. I am the show. The show is me. Where do the lines blur? I don't know anymore. Just kidding. Too soon for that. But yeah, uh, you know, boost the show up. Share it, please. <laughs> uh, you know, if you can, if you want, if you feel. That would be dope. Uh, follow me on Instagram, adam.rfat. All the links are there. Um. And please remember that I are fat. You are fat. We, we are fat. Calculator.